chapter 10. We're going back to Luke 10. We were just there. <laughs> we're going to read the next few verses. We just didn't get to them last week. Uh, where is Brian at? Okay. I think Brian's getting nervous because he's going to get ready to run into, uh, we don't have a team name yet, but we are, uh, we put our initials together and it makes cart. <laughs> All right, cart. Uh, Colton and Adam Bouse and I and Reed Pratt, yep, PHCC, we're ready. Been doing karate chops all morning, and I'm just going to preach like this. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Let's do it. No, but it's going to be a, a lot of fun. And it just reminded me, man, just to think of our church. We have such a great family unit. And, I mean, how many churches get to work out together like we do and push each other and uh, make fun of each other and laugh together, cry together, puke together. It's all a bunch of fun. All right. So, all right, Luke 10, let's, let's get back to, to business. Luke 10, we're going to start in verse 38. But before we get there, I have to tell you, we had ADT come out this past week. So for those of you, if you see the sign, you ought to run. Um, you know, like all the, all the uh, criminals see the sign and they run like in the commercials. Well, ADT came out Wednesday to install all the security around the, around the house and put the tablet on the door. And the girls have been, you know, Daddy, lock it from your phone. And I'm locking the door from my phone. I'm unlocking it. Michaela uh, had the alarm uh, going off yesterday morning, forgot to disarm. And anyway, Tuesday night, we get home, and Michaela said, we got to get everything prepared, all the windows, you know, make sure they can, they can get to everything really well, make it, you know, quick, and, and I sat on the pew. If you remember those old pews we used to have in the sanctuary, a lot of us took them home, and we redid them, and I have one in, the, in our dining area, and I sat down. I said, look, I said, I'd love to help you clean, but I've got to get to sleep, and I got that look at that very moment. Uh, you are going to help me. And uh, so I began, you know, karate chopping pillows. Uh, for whatever reason, you karate chop the pillows, it adds character and, and, and all of this, and we're sweeping and mopping and all of this. And, and, and I can just remember that very moment, looking at my wife whenever I said, no, I think I'm going to bed, can you take care of this? And those of you husbands know that look or that tone that follows that. And I couldn't help but to think of the question that was asked of Jesus found in Luke chapter 10, involving two sisters, Martha and Mary. And that's where we're going today. And we get into a scene just after Jesus uses the parable of the Good Samaritan to address the religious elites in his day to remind them that it's not just your obeying of the rules, but it is truly your love for the Lord and your love for your neighbor that defines you as a true Christian, for, especially for us. Now we come into Martha and Mary. And in verse 38, we see this. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But let's read this next verse. And I want you, if we could just picture that look that you might get or that tone that you might receive whenever you say something or do something similar to this. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. And I just couldn't help but to picture this was 
my wife Tuesday night approaching Jesus and saying, look, we have all this to do, all of this cooking, all of this preparing I did, all of this cleaning. We got all this stuff to do and I'm doing it all by myself. But the Lord answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. So the question that was asked of Jesus here, as we've been looking at these questions that people ask Jesus and we look at his response or we look at who, you know, how he teaches or how, what he asks next to see more about him or how we are to live, the question is, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? And then Jesus said, you're troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. This is what Jesus says. And it reminded me, I guess once you hit a certain age, you kind of walk into a rite of passage. You know, anytime anyone asks you, hey, how are you? What do we all respond with? Been busy. (laughs) How you been? Been busy. Who here ever uses that? I've been busy. Staying busy. You know, and I think all of us are busy. Just raise your hand if you're busy. Just, I mean, yeah, we're busy. Now, here's what I think what I want to do is I want to just kind of address the way that you and I live, because if we aren't careful, we will find ourselves like Martha and we will exhaust ourselves every single day doing a lot of things, a lot of things that are necessary maybe, or a lot of good things, but maybe not the most important things. And if we're not careful, we'll fill our day with one thing after another, after another, and we will neglect what is most important. So what we're going to do today is we're really just going to do a self-evaluation of how you are living, how you are prioritizing your, your day and your time. Because here's the one thing that you and I have in common. One thing you and I have in common. We each have 24 hours a day. So don't tell me I don't have enough time in the day. No, you do. I have the same amount. And I know people that use their time much better than I do. And there's times where I want to, th- I say, or I think, I just don't have enough time in the day. I've, I would imagine we've all probably been there. And granted, there are days, there are seasons of life where you literally feel as if there's just not enough time. And you're just wandering around aimlessly, it feels like, because if it's not one thing happening, it's another thing happening, and you're busy over here, and your schedule's stretched thin over here, and your time is pulled, and, and there's just a lot of stuff going on. I I don't know about you all, but I feel like my entire life is moving at 100 miles an hour, and I feel like I'm behind every single second. And I know once the kids are out, I'll go to sleep at like 6 p.m. or do whatever I want. But like right now, I'm not kidding. It feels like we're going from one thing to another thing to another thing to another thing. And it just constantly feels like everything is behind and I'm running late and overwhelmed. And then what happens is then you get anxious and then you worry and then you stress. And here's what I want to do. I want us to just spend a few moments together breathing, just breathing. So we're going to do a little exercise, if you don't mind, to entertain me for just a minute. Uh, If you have an iPhone if you could just take it out. If you have an Android or a Google or whatever else you carry these days, you can pull that out too. Uh, I'm just going to ask you, if you take your iPhone and you swipe down from the top right corner, you hit the, uh, just hit the airplane for like 15 minutes, if we could. One, it'll keep your alarm from going off in the middle of church, but, but two, it's just going to turn your phone on what's called airplane mode. Has anyone ever done that? Then if you... Um, if you really want to get technical here, you can hold your, the bottom 
speaker of the volume or the bottom button to the volume and the power button on the side. And then if you really want to get, if you really want to live off the grid, you just swipe that line over and your phone is now off. It's literally off at this point. Like I can't text, call, FaceTime, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Google, uh, Safari Web, whatever else we do, Amazon, oh Lord, no Amazon Prime deals right now. See that? Just, just do it. I'm telling you, there's, there's a power in the power button being off. So I'm going to preach the next 20 minutes, maybe 15. I might even preach faster because I don't have any distractions. We can get through this together a little bit faster with my phone off. Man, getting nervous. I have my phone off. But, but I just wonder how many people here are so busy and so stressed out about every single thing because we're walking around just like Martha and we're so concerned about things. But her sister Mary did what? She chose to sit at Jesus' feet. So here's what I want us to try to do in a, you know, in a um, spiritual and physical realm all in one. I want us to just kind of find ourselves resting for a few minutes, literally at the feet of Jesus, and just kind of separate yourself from all of the stresses that you have coming up tomorrow. Because tomorrow, as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, like we're getting ready to read, tomorrow has its own problems and stress and worry. All right? Don't worry about tomorrow for just the next 15 minutes. As soon as you get on your way, you can start making your list and and reminding yourself of all of the things. But for just a few minutes, here's what I want us to do. I want us to just simply ask ourselves, are we living as Martha or are we resting and sitting and breathing as Mary in this particular story? So we have to understand we must prioritize our time because one thing we have in common is 24 hours in a day. The one thing that we all differ on is how we utilize those 24 hours. Some of us are really good at maximizing our time each and every day, and we're disciplined, and we stick to a plan, and and we know exactly what we're going to be doing. Some of us are the exact opposite. Some of us fly fly by the seam of our pants, and we have no idea. We have no plan. We just kind of wander around each day and just take it as it comes. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong or right with either one, because you and I are personally different. I am, I want to know hour by hour where I will be and what I will be doing. And I want to know like literally to the amount of minutes, 45 minutes here or an hour and 10 minutes there. My wife couldn't care less. And it makes a lot of interesting conversations when we're trying to get stuff done or we're trying to plan things or go places, but we are the exact opposite. And maybe you and your spouse find yourself in the same boat. You're very disciplined, detail-oriented, minute-driven, and the, op- and the other one is just the opposite. So here's what I want us to do. Whether you, are, you have your entire day planned or whether you are one that just goes with the flow and just takes the day as it comes, I want us to just find ourselves addressing a couple of things just together because as we all share the same amount of time, we do it differently. We address each day differently. But there are some things that we just can not do or neglect if we want to truly enjoy the abundance of life that Jesus came to give. Because I'm telling you, there are a lot of temporal things that you can exhaust yourself chasing and stressing about, and you will miss out on the joy and the peace and the love that Jesus came to give you. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to, I'm going to read to you Matthew chapter 6, and then I'm going to talk about one non-negotiable, 
And then just a few things that I'm going to plead with you to, to maybe apply. In Matthew chapter 6, we see Jesus giving the Sermon on the Mount. And he says in verse 25 of Matthew 6, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? I just want to read that for all the anxious people. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So what do we seek first? What do we seek first? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. All right, so that's, that's first. So verse 34 says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So there is one thing that you and I cannot neglect. If you and I call ourselves Christians, you and I must prioritize time with our Lord. We must. If you and I call ourselves Christians, yet we do not have enough time in the day to spend time in prayer and in worship and in meditation on God's word, studying God's word, and just spending time with him, then you and I are neglecting the most important thing in our life. The most important thing to you and to me as Christian should be our relationship with Jesus. It should come above your marriage. It should come above your children. It should come above your grandchildren. It should come above your bank account. It should come above your career status or your social status. It should come above every other thing in this world. Jesus is and should be the most important thing to you if you call yourself a follower of his. This is why Jesus said to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things will be added to you. So here's where we have to, this is what we have to ask ourselves first. Do we prioritize our time and truly connect with our Lord and worship prayer and his word on a daily basis? I mean, we claim that Jesus is important and we sing these songs of praise every single Sunday morning. We might clap our hands. We might lift our hands. We might, you know, we truly enjoy our time here and, and, and we're worshiping and we're all together. But then the entire week goes by, yet we haven't opened it until the next Sunday when the preacher asks to open here. 
And what I don't want you to do is to think I'm condemning you because I've been there. What I'm wanting you to do is to know that if you do not seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and pursue godliness, you will live in worldliness. And then living in worldliness is going to result and you cannot blame anyone other than ourselves because what did Martha and Mary do? Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. Martha chose to be troubled by serving and by cooking and by cleaning and doing all of those things. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and you're troubled by all of these things, but Mary has chosen the good portion. So you and I, I I'm, I'm pleading with you if you are not prioritizing your time or your day to start your day by spending time with the Lord, I'm gonna ask you to reevaluate what your day looks like and you must prioritize him first. There's an old international, well, you know, internationally known speaker, pastor, and author by the name of Francis Chan. You may have heard of him. You may have read some of his stuff. You may have listened to some of his sermons. He preached a sermon one time in which he told the people there, I don't know if it was day or night whenever he spoke it, but he said, listen, if you are not right with God, you should not go to work tomorrow morning. If you are not right with God, you should not worry about anything else. If you are not right with God, you shouldn't go to work. You shouldn't worry about what you're going to go to the grocery store and get. You shouldn't worry about what bills come out this week. You shouldn't worry about anything. Why? Because your house can be replaced. Because your car can be sold, traded, or even bought and new. Because the groceries can be bought tomorrow. And, and what he was saying was that the most important thing in our life should be the standing in which you and I have with the Lord by putting our faith and trust in Jesus and Jesus alone, and by surrendering our heart and our lives to him, you and I must be focused on, first and foremost, the standing in which you and I find ourselves in with the Lord. If you, and here's the thing, I'm gonna ask you today, if you are not right with God, do not leave here. Do not. And I might go a little old school. My favorite preacher from, from the old Frank Clay Assembly would always shout at the end of every sermon, you might walk out of those doors and never come back in. At the end of every sermon, he would end it. You might walk out of these doors this morning, but never walk back in. So I'm just gonna plead with you and just ask you, if you are not right with God, I'm gonna encourage you to come to me or our other church leaders and, and just begin a journey with the Lord. Regardless of how broken you are, regardless of how far away you may feel, regardless of how you know, sinful you may be living, regardless of how horrible your past was, regardless of how heavy this shame is that you carry, I don't care who you are, where you've been, what you're doing, until you are right with God, nothing else matters. Why? Because it is only by Jesus and Jesus alone that you and I can be saved. It is only through the, the death, burial, and resurrection of our King that you and I could ever be right with him. And here's the thing. We will stress ourselves out with all of these temporal things that really have no value other than maybe making us look better, maybe having a cleaner home, maybe having a little more money in our pocket, but none of these things will ever be used as a means to justify who we are when we stand before him face to face. And he asks us, hey, how much did you save? No. How clean was your house when the preacher came over? No. How, how well did you cook? No. How many hours did you work? No. He's going to say, depart from me for I, what? Did not know you. I didn't know you. How do we get to know one another? Well, we must spend time together. So in order for you and I to know our Lord and our Savior, we must spend time with him.
In order for my wife and I to know each other in in more ways, in greater ways, other than just a, a cool friendship, We have to spend time truly investing ourselves in one another and just truly being intentional to love and to appreciate and to cherish one another. And the same is true with our Lord because here is what he desires more than anything, I believe, with us, to live in communion with us because as he lives in communion with us, it is when we get to understand his promise and his blessings even more. It's where we get to appreciate those things. And whenever we grow to know him more and more and we understand his sacrifice and his resurrection greater and greater, we are more apt to glorify his name and to share the good news of him with others. So I'm pleading with you, if you are not right with God, do not leave here. Do not worry about, I don't care what appointments you have this week. I don't care how much money you have to spend this week. I don't care what checks you have to give this. I don't care what you have. If you are not right with him, do not move forward. So when we know that, that is the one non-negotiable that you and I find ourselves in surrender to him, find ourselves in repentance of our sin, find ourselves in full submission to him as our Lord, as our Savior, as our King, and as our Father. And then I made a list of things that you might, you might want to consider prioritizing, but, you know, to each their own at this point, right? You might have this, well, I do this, or I do this every day. So here's a few things that, that I want to just remind you that are very important and can help maybe, it, it, maybe just add a little more quality to your day. So first and foremost, you must prioritize time with God. Must. And if you were to look at your schedule and you're like, well, I wake up and I rush through the shower and I, I pour my cup of coffee to go because I don't have time to sit down and drink it. And I'll meet my breakfast in the car and, and all of these things are, are happening at a very rapid pace. And then boom, you realize, well, I got off work and then I got to go to this, this event and that event and that event. And before you know it, you're eating dinner, getting ready to go to bed and you have spent no time in his word. You've spent no time in prayer. You've spent no time in true adoration and worship of our King. That's wrong. And we have to correct it. But here's a few things that you, can I, you and I can do. And, and these are just things that Michaela and I try to do. And what it all roots in is um, about a year and a half ago, Michaela and I sat down and we realized that the way we were living and the rapid speed that we were living in and, and, and the fast-paced world that we were living in, some of the things that we were doing weren't really as important as we thought they were. And maybe you remember when I was in Florida this year, Scott told you to make a list of things that were pretty well useless, but you really put a lot of value to them. And, and maybe you did or you didn't. But, but if we were to be honest, there's probably some things that you and I do that aren't nearly as important as we think they are. And we stress ourselves out making sure that it's done, making sure we do this, or, or we got to do that, or we, or we spend all this time doing this. So what we, Mikhail and I did, is we looked at the way we were living and we realized we are running. We felt, I felt like the hamster. I mean, day after day, like just, just trying to keep moving. And, and I felt like that literally. And, and, and we found ourselves not truly enjoying the day because we were so busy and we were so stretched thin. So here's what I, what I came up with, this little, little motto that we live by, to add quality in the day to add quantity in the days. So each and every single day, I'm gonna give the most I can and I'm gonna prioritize the best I can and I'm gonna be disciplined in my time and everything that I do and I'm gonna get the best quality of the day that I can. 
And I truly believe, and it's not always the case, and don't go here, don't leave here and say, well, if I do these things, the preacher said, I'm going to live a long time because nothing is promised. I don't care how saved you are. I don't care how holy you are. You could walk out these doors today and never walk back. There is a guarantee that none of us have truly tomorrow to look forward to. There is a guarantee that we have eternity. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to truly evaluate the quality of our day. And I think by changing some things up over the last year to year and a half, We've been able to maximize our time a little bit better. We've been a little more disciplined and we've made a lot of changes in our lives. And what's happened is I believe that the quality of our days have gotten better. And then what I truly believe is the quantity of our days may be lengthened. We may actually extend our lives by taking care of each and every day, singular, because, well, we'll just do it tomorrow, right? Well, We have to truly maximize the time that you and I have. So here's just a few things that I would encourage you to do. First and foremost, the Lord our God. Secondly, I would encourage you to sleep. Not right now, but when you get home tonight. Some of you all thank me every week for your Sunday nap. Um, It's even before the football and the NASCAR. But there's so many studies that show that seven hours or more of sleep each night actually increase our livelihood. We'll enhance our mood. We'll we'll give us better mental clarity. We'll clear up our mental fog. It will reduce stress. And if you and I are stressed or we are anxious, sometimes they always recommend the best thing you can do is just take a nap and just go to sleep. So what I would encourage you to do, if you are not sleeping well, there, there's probably a good chance that you're waking up in the morning and, you're, and your head hurts and you're irritable and you make poor decisions when you're irritable or when you're hangry and then you eat the wrong foods and then, and then you're even more depressed or you're more anxious. You got to get some sleep, but you don't have enough time now because you slept too long. So do not lie to yourself and tell yourself, well, I'm great off four hours. No, you're not. You, I mean, with a lot of Red Bull and a lot of coffee, you might feel good but your body is not good. And don't tell me, because I used to say this all the time and I, and I didn't realize what I was actually doing in my body. I would be fine to drink a cup of coffee and go right to sleep. I could drink a 44 ounce Mountain Dew or a Dr. and I would go straight to sleep and everybody be like, oh, you're drinking that awfully late. Is it gonna affect your sleep? And I would say, no, it's, it's just fine. But I really had no idea that caffeine was engaging my brain the entire time I slept. So whenever you drink the coffee or the caffeine right before you go to bed, what do you need right when you wake up? More coffee. I need more caffeine because my brain is now hurting because it was engaged all night. It never rested. And then what happens is we're always anxious. We're always on edge. We're always irritable. And we're just missing out on just resting in our life. And, and, and if you aren't sleeping well, then you are going to find your days a little bit you know, faster pace. You're going to find that your mind is always racing and can't ever just stop. Just stop. Uh, sleep helps with stress management, reduces, reduces stress, rests your mind. And, and for us men, it's even been proven to boost our testosterone and our alpha maleism that we all, all seek and desire to have. Secondly, I would, or after sleep, I would tell you that you have to find a healthy balance in your diet and your exercise, whether you do it every day, whether you want to you know, go to the gym every single day, but if you're not eating the right foods, the wrong foods, the chemical imbalances in those foods, and in your mind with less sleep is just going to lead to a lot, of, lot more stress. It's going to lead to significant weight gain, and then you're going to be constantly depressed mentally and, and sick with yourself, which is going to lead to more anxiety and more depression, more fear, more worry, and then it's just a never-ending cycle. 
Uh, I did one of them with you today. If you did time away from this, you have to find yourself separating from all technology because if you want to be sane, you've got to just turn off the news and you've got to stay away from technology. In order to have the best quality of day, I'm telling you, you cannot spend your entire day scrolling through or listening to or watching the, the people online. You have to find yourself just separating yourself. In fact, we were just talking about it outside. This would be a beautiful day to have church outside. Just outside, no nothing. Just go out and just worship and to sing songs of praise. And here's what I would encourage you to do. If you never find yourself just sitting on a couch in silence or find yourself sitting on a porch or around a bonfire in silence or away from technology or with just family and friends, I would tell you that you need to truly do it. You need to find yourself in great relationship with other people, real people, not, not these people on here or, or listening to those people on there, but you need to find yourself just separating yourself from all forms of technology to allow your mind to rest. And, and what you can do is you can replace the scrolling and the reading of this of the Facebook with the holy good book. And you can begin studying and praying and meditating. And lastly, I would tell you that you must prioritize time with family and friends. We must, we must. Because relationships are sometimes the most incredible gift that God can give to you. There are times in our lives where we have no energy, we have no motivation, we have no way to move it forward, but we have people in our corner who will push us forward, will pick us up, will hold us accountable. And I'm telling you, if we do not prioritize that time with those people, there is nothing sweeter than a great friendship or a great relationship with our family or a great marriage or, or a relationship with kids. So we must prioritize. These are just things that I'm going to encourage you to, to just apply. But first and foremost, you must be in step with the Lord. So all these things will be added to you, right? If we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of these other things will be added. What things? Food, clothing. He's going to supply our needs. We might have, not have all name brand. We might not always have what we want or what other people have, but I promise you the Lord will supply exactly what we need. But when we neglect that, when we neglect the non-negotiable, we have no one else to blame but to look at ourselves whenever stress, worry, and anxiety, and confusion, and fear, and worry, emptiness, and depression creep in, and they are the driving forces in our day. So here's what I want us to do for just a minute. Wherever you came in today, however you came in, one, I want you to just look at your life. You can just, just look at how your day goes. And you can just look at how behind you feel, how anxious you are. And what I want you to do is I want you to address those things that are keeping you feeling behind, always, always anxious, always worried. And, and what I want you to do is I want you to address those things and I want you to correct them if needed. Maybe you need to just go to sleep earlier so that you can wake up earlier and pray for 15 minutes before you leave. Just 15 minutes. Just to, just to get in his word, get a good devotional. I mean, you could do it on a phone. You can do it in a paper book. You can do it on the internet. I mean, I mean, there's so many great resources to just print out something, but spend time in his word, spend time in prayer, spend time in worship of your God. And then well, I believe what'll happen is as we pursue the Lord, we will walk in, in righteousness and godliness. And then what we will find is that we will find ourselves over time living in more joy, peace, peace, and love. You will. 
And I'm not telling you that it's always going to be good. I'm not telling you that just because you wake up 10 minutes a day earlier and you spend time in his word that everything's going to be great. No, but I'm telling you that you're going to be so much in greater step with the spirit of God. You're going to be more aware of his, his work and in his presence in your life. And you're going to appreciate him more and more and more. So as we look at our lives, there's a lot of things. So one, I want you to sleep well. Two, I want you to, to reduce stress. Three, I want you to have a healthy balance in your diet and your exercise. Four, I want you to spend time away from technology. Five, I want you to, to prioritize and truly spend quality time with family and friends. But all of those things that I want to encourage you to do, first and foremost, if you are not right with God, nothing else matters. So here's what I want us to do as we pray, as we worship one last time. I want you to just simply find yourself sitting at his feet. We're getting ready to sing a song that's titled, Word of God, Speak. Let it pour down like rain. Open my eyes to see your majesty. So here's what I want you to do for just a minute. If you haven't had time all week, if you've been just busy all week and you've just been consumed by all of these temporal things that are, that are keeping you up later at night, they're exhausting you mentally and physically and you're anxious or you're worried or you're irritable or you're angry or you're frustrated or, or, or you're even depressed. And I just want you to just breathe for just a few minutes right here where you are. I don't care about the neighbor next to you. I don't even care if they're married to you. I want you individually to just breathe. And to just know that Jesus told some people one time, he said, all of those who are weary and heavy laden, what? Come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me. I will give you rest. Come to me. I mean, you've been busy all week. Come to me. You've been anxious all week. You've been, you've been working long hours. You've been sleeping very little and you've just been irritable and, you, and, you're, and you're worrying about tomorrow and what you've got to do today to get ready for tomorrow, to get ready for the next day. I just want you to just find yourself just breathing for a moment and just resting in the presence of the Lord because what he wants and desires with you and what he desires with me first and foremost, is to live in relationship with him so that we would surrender our hearts and our lives to him and truly find ourselves worshiping and living in humble adoration of him, but most importantly, living in relationship and commune together with him. So for a minute, can we just stop stressing ourselves with all of these other things and just truly decide today because what he said was Mary had chosen well. Can we today just choose to spend a few minutes and then whenever we leave here, choose each and every day to live in greater quality of our lives so that we can maximize the time that the Lord has given us and we can maybe even lengthen the lives that we have or impact the influence that we may have. But most importantly, get the most out of the love, the joy and the peace that Jesus came to give. Let us pray.